and welcome to the Terror Express. And this is our touchdown episode. We have with us Sophia Cassiola, Michael Epstein, and Neil Jones, also known as Jones, I'm sure, to many. And welcome back to, also to Vanessa. She is the founder of the Renegade Film Festival. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Terror oh, wow. Express. Whoa. Hello. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Yes. So let's just jump right in. You guys uh, came together on this. I don't even have the words to describe this film um, because it's like equal parts, nonsense, horror, it's clever. It's 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 so much fun. Um, and it's like taking the fest world by storm. So I just want to jump right into the once and future smash. Uh, how did this come about? Like what what? How did this thing why, become? Why did this happen? Are you asking why? Why I did it happen? Whose who's fault is this? Whose fault? Yes. Uh, I guess. Do you want me to talk yeah. about it? They always make me talk about it. I feel like I should let somebody else, but I, I will. Um, the, the convention world is a really interesting place, and we're not particularly big fans of conventions that are going and getting autographs Neil and all is, that. Neil, well, you talk to yourself, Michael. Neil, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Neil can speak for himself. Uh, <laughs> Sophia and I are not really big fans of conventions or anything like that, but we thought the the culture of it's really interesting and it's really cool that people are becoming, you know, big fans of horror through that. And there's, there's like a culture kind of around the celebration of horror. And that was just, that's a really exciting thing. And one of the uh, elements in that world that we have learned about is that there are individuals who uh, don't get along with one another, particularly when they played like the same character, maybe even in the same movie, for example, and um, mm-hmm. we knew of a few cases like that where there were like actors who played the same character in the same movie and had kind of a feud about like who really did it or who was in it more and, and so on. And, um, you know, sometimes they wouldn't sign the same poster like or you had to get one to sign it first and then the other one would sign it. Whatever. Anyway, this was an interesting space. So we thought it would be really cool to explore uh, a story kind of in, in that world uh, about two actors who had kind of a, a, a long feud. And um, one element that I particularly love about the convention culture is that there are a lot of actors who, they were in like one franchise movie 30, 40 years ago, and then kind of like didn't really, you know, left acting, did other things with their life, or didn't really, you know, have much of a career after that. But there's this like reemergence of interest in them. Um, they're, you know, going and signing autographs. And there are also a, a lot of younger directors who are who celebrate those movies are now casting them in movies. So they have kind of renewed careers. And you see a lot of these actors with big gaps in their in their careers. A lot of them, you know, raised families or did other things. It's not like they just failed or anything bad right. like that. But um, but it, it's really neat to see that their return and their kind of the, the kind of renewed interest in them. So anyway, we thought, wouldn't it be great to tell a story of some of these guys who have were in maybe one movie, you know, 50 years ago, and are now back uh, hoping to kind of cash in, cash in on, that, yeah. on, that, on that one movie. <laughs> so anyway, the, this idea was kicking around, and uh, I ended up talking to Neil about it, and uh, he uh, he can talk about the rest, but he, he kind of took over at that point and was able to get access to some of this stuff, so. Yeah, yeah. I've been doing... Yeah, I've been doing the convention since I think 2011 or so. Uh, through with without your head, my podcast uh, host the I host some of the panels, and anyway, um, so when the idea came up, 
um, to, to really be able to even like make this movie, we needed an actual convention because it would be impossible to recreate that, you know, unless you had like a giant budget. So I was like, well, I'm friends with Eben, uh, Eben McGar, who runs Mad Monster. I'll see if he'd be into it. And so I asked him and he he was like, Neil, if anyone else asks this, like, no, but uh, for you, yeah, you can do it. And he gave he let us really do whatever he wanted at the, you know, within reason, because he he knew we wouldn't do anything, you know, too, too stupid or getting people's way too bad. And so he he was like, yeah, I do it. So right away, we like, oh, well, maybe, you know, this could happen. And then uh, Michael thought of like two good leads for the movie. And um, I reached out to Michael St. Michael because I know him a little better. And they reached out to Bill Whedon because they know him a little better. And they were both on board. So it just seemed like, hey, I think we might have something here. And uh, it went from there. And then we were like, we better write a script now. <laughs> right. <laughs> we have a, a concept and we have actors. We have dates. So I guess we better actually it's like time to write a script. What, what it is that we're going to do. This is like in October of 2019 and we were shooting in February of 2020. So it oh, wow. Okay. Super, super fast. Mm. And then it languished for a while during, you know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you guys kind of hit it right at the right time because I mean, everything just sh- shut down after that. Yeah. I, the part that I laughed at most the feud between the the two actors who played the same character was when they were sharing a table and they taped it off and he says, here, you can have this part of the table. And I'm thinking, Oh, poor Warrington. (laughs) 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 That was, I I love the dynamic between those two. It was, it was very, very, very funny. I will say this. I will say this. Uh, I mean, there are many uh, cases like this. So it's not necessarily that there's one, you know, one specific. Right. Right. Yeah. But uh, I will say that, it's possible that two of the actors who have a situation like that are in are both in our movie. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's possible that they were they were the ones that sort of like you know kicked off the discussion. Yeah, was, I, yeah. I nice. Say. I'm pretty sure that taping <laughs> off scene like is inspired from an episode of Full House. <laughs> I, think I think it's in several like sitcoms. Yeah, I think it was a recurring story yeah. and, and a lot of sitcoms. Yeah. Like, well, and my half is way bigger. <laughs> Full House. I yes. remember. Yeah, like when DJ was separating her room. She yeah. yeah. Stephanie. And right. Stephanie had to go over on the curtains. I'm I sure love that we all know that. There's any humor in anything that I'm writing. It's 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 either from like the monkeys or like 80s sitcoms. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a safe bet. To- oh, 80s was the best decade. It's a safe bet that I yeah, stole absolutely. it from one of those things. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 100 percent, 100 percent. I love it. But yeah, um, obviously we do have a deep love of the genre, and I think like you know everybody that we worked with know that we're true fans. You know, it's not like. You know, sometimes if you get hired to do a gig or something, people don't understand that, like, no, you're actually, like, into it. You know? Yeah. I think it comes through, you know, like, in their interactions with us personally and in the end result of the movie, it's not meant to make fun or mock anything. It's yeah. It's meant to be kind of a celebration of it. Yeah, I, I actually so, wouldn't have yeah. asked a lot of the people if I didn't know Michael and Sophia and, and, and knew, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want uh because it's you know my reputation and i wouldn't want to get them involved in something that i i wouldn't uh you know i wouldn't want them happy with or wouldn't make them look foolish i will i will say i was very very nervous about how they would all react because they they had not seen it and then um you know at at our we had an la screening a few weeks ago and uh, a lot a bunch of them came not not everybody but a, a number of those individuals came and uh we were just, you know, anxious about how everybody would react to it. And they all seemed to be really happy and, and love it and really understand. And they were, they were excited to see themselves in the movie more than they maybe thought they were even going to be in it. Yeah. So <laughs> they, they all did a great job too. Yeah. I think they performed really well and they got the and, idea of what we, what we were trying to do. And some of them even saw 
more of themselves in different ways in the movie. <laughs> that mirror scene definitely uh, took me by surprise, <laughs> and it wasn't a flash flash it took cut either. By it was, surprise, that was, she was filming it. Yeah, that was a scene. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 as well, was not anticipating that, and I was like, "Well, hello." Hello. <laughs> well, our star Bill Whedon just, you know, he asked consent before he was like, it's kind of a bucket list item to, you know, bear it all in a film. And so I was like, yeah, I'm down for sure. I just didn't know when it was going to happen. And I yeah. was filming his face and had no idea <laughs> that it had happened in that moment. And Michael was like, Sophia, did you get the shot? And I was like, yeah, okay, we can move on. And then I looked down and I was like, oh no, I need to swap the lens and we need to do it once more. <laughs> I was watching and I was like, I don't think you did get the shot because I saw what you were, I saw what you were filming and I don't, I don't think you captured yeah. the, like, okay. the important it's part nice of that. Of his face. Right. <laughs> So I have, it's my my favorite behind the scenes Photoshop, which I can't really share with anybody, but I was in the corner of the room and I took a shot because it's that scene. And Sophia is clearly shooting up at his face and and it's a very funny shot. And then Michael's like up on, on like over where like where the TV would be. And oh, if you do ever share that, you can always put a little emoji, you know. Yes. Because yes. that would that would be hilarious to say. The face would probably right. be best over that <laughs> we were yeah we're quite excited about the response to that there's there's oh, a, yeah. a, quite, quite a lot of strong response and and... <laughs> oh, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it got the biggest reaction um at the at the world premiere in london that was the biggest yeah, reaction the british like to see it they did yeah of, i was gonna say how, so that was the world well, premiere. Was... how what was that experience it was great. Yeah, it was at Fright Fest was the world premiere in August. And so, you know, we hadn't shown it to anybody like it was very tightly under wraps other than, you know, the couple of festivals we'd submitted it to. So, uh, yeah, we had no idea what was going to happen. And it went yeah. really well. Like we were very happy yeah. and surprised. I'm going to go back a little bit here. I want to tell you the story um, of Smash Mouth. I remember when I was very young, I went to the drive in to see uh, End Zone 2 with my grandparents and I got so far in this movie, I think I made it about an hour into the movie and I ended up falling asleep. I was young, but, um, and I never got to finish the movie. And then Vanessa's like, Hey, we're doing, we're doing end zone too. So I, I started watching, but unfortunately I still didn't get to finish it. I got it probably about an hour in again. So right. I'm excited to see, is this going to be coming out on VHS finally after all of these years that, that this movie has been so hard to find it's in our grasp now. I think we're going to probably do a VHS release of it, the of the restoration of it. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty exciting. We nice. haven't haven't been able to find that last half hour of it yet, though. So mm -mm. it's still just an hour. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> still just an okay. So I didn't actually miss the last the last part of the the touchdown scenes. And if you want to see on the big screen, I believe it's going to play at Renegade. It is going to play. Yes. Oh, yeah. Nice. We've got we've very got the good. Georgia screening. I'm very excited. I yeah. think that our audience is going to go bananas for it. For anybody who's listening, we haven't, I don't know if we've given it full context, but Once in Future Smash is about these two guys and they played the character Smash Mouth in the 1970 film End Zone 2. And um, we really wanted to, to uh, because End Zone 2 has been lost for all this time, we wanted to, to basically present the our film with the restoration of End Zone 2 as much as we could you know, restore it. And right. uh, it's been really nice because we didn't know if festivals would like laugh in our faces. We thought like, okay, we're sending two films and we're asking for, you know, a little bit longer time and, and everything. Uh, our festival is going to be like, what do you think you're, you're doing trying to, you know, re request a double feature in this context. But 
we've had uh, so many, you know, wonderful festivals, not only, you know, say yes, but, but be excited about it and be like, this is an event to celebrate it's something bigger than just, you know, kind of an individual film or, or something along those lines. Yeah. That's been really special for us. Cause we, again, we had no idea, you know, when you make stuff and you put together stuff, you're like, I don't know, maybe nobody will like this. And then we had to decide, you know, what, what are we going to do if nobody yeah. wants to play both? Cause we really wanted to present, we really feel like, yeah. feel like the best way to present it is both films together. And that's, been, it's been really, yeah. I mean, so far it's, it's been presented that way every time. And uh, it's, it's really nice. I think like, so I agree. I think you need them both. Um, you know, I've, I've watched them both. We are screening both. And, you know, yes, you could watch the doc without it, but there's always that longing of like, what is, what is this movie? Right. So I think being able to kind of, you know, satiate that need a little bit. And, you know, similarly, if you just watch end zone two, you may be left a little confused. <laughs> Now, Neil, you, and you've been posting a lot about this too, but like, so you've been doing Without Your Head since 2006, right? right. We're yeah. 17 years in. I mean, that's, wow. let's talk about that a little bit. Cause you've, you've had quite, quite the show all these years, um, which I, I have to say, I mean, I think in, you know, me and Michael and Sophia have all gotten to be guests, which I think is pretty amazing um so thank you for that but yeah let's talk a little bit about that how did that get started um well originally the first podcast i did was 2005 was in your head my wrestling podcast and uh the podcast wasn't even a term yet it was like internet radio and at that time it was mostly shows that were on terrestrial radio and they just like had their archives also on the internet and so a group of us were on this uh website called uh audio wrestling dot com or something like that anyway so we just start our own and really at that time like the other people were like really hated us like because they all had like uh degrees and in, in broadcasting and we we're just like three idiots who were doing this wrestling show and i <laughs> i started reaching out to people to get them on and the very first year i you know big wrestling people might know these people uh goldberg and terry funk and paul bear and a lot of big name wrestlers came on the show and so honestly, other people were really mad and pissed. But anyway, uh, that uh, October, um, we did um, a Halloween special and uh, was thrown out like, what should we call the Halloween special? And my friend Ron was on the show. He's like, well, you, it's in your head. Let's call the Halloween one without your head. I was like, all right. So really the first episode's October 2005. And then um, I like doing that. And I like horror movies. So, and then 2006, we started doing uh, Without Your Head. But it was a lot harder to record, even just record interviews then, because um, now, like, there's all kinds of programs that will do this. But then, like, uh, to use Skype or something with people in different areas, like, you get all this feedback and you had to, you had to have like multiple computers or uh, it yeah. was actually the first few shows. My, uh, the guy I started the show with, John. He um, recorded the sh the audio to VHS tape, and then he would rip the audio off VHS tape. So the first six six episodes are uh, recorded to VHS tape, which I think is pretty funny. Oh, that must sound amazing! Yeah. So the very first yeah, uh, real <laughs> episode audio. without your head, it was uh, right? Sid Haig was the guest, which to me is a, uh -huh. a really big guest to have on the very first show. Yeah. And, uh, again, like he, I don't know. I think. 
I mean, he could have just said, no, I'm not going to be on some show with these, you know, idiots that have never done anything, but he, he was all about it and he was a really cool guy. And, uh, he was helpful getting me into, um, conventions, you know, years later and just a really, uh, supportive guy said, Hey, um, I think those are all of my actual, like real questions. Um, all I have left is nonsense. So Jason. Buckle up. <laughs> all right. Okay. So. Vanessa, do you want to do your would you rather first? Or do you want me to? Oh, dive? I love I would know, you rather. Are you guys ready for the would you rather moment? <laughs> these, these just, they make me so happy. Um, we'll <laughs> give everyone a chance to answer. Um, so the first one is, would you rather have only two long yellow front teeth like a beaver or no teeth at all? <laughs> I think no teeth because you could get dentures. That's like a... Cheating. That's still teeth. That's going that's, around that's, the question there. Yeah. <laughs> you have to just be gumming it or you get the two beaver teeth. <laughs> I'm a vegan, so I'm not sure I actually need the teeth. <laughs> so, I'm just going to get a fair. smash blender and blend everything. I'll be all set. There you go. Yeah, soup. Yeah, we're good. I'm down for the two teeth. I got to. I got to be honest. I'm. I'm actually like thinking about if I could just get remove all my teeth now and do that. Right, I'm, and I'm just have the two. That's a tough one. I don't know because do you get like what else is in? I've never inspected a beaver's mouth. Like, are there? There's got to be more. How did those yeah. front ones work? And how many? Like my pug, they, his teeth don't match. I don't even know how he eats. So, like, the, I don't know beaver, what's going on in a beaver mouth. The beaver mouth is a lot less severe than the leatherback turtle mouth. If you don't know the leatherback turtle mouth, Google it. You'll be sorry with nightmares for days. That's the most interesting fact I've ever heard you ramble off <laughs> randomly. <laughs> <laughs> where did you get this information i i probably because i'm terrified of the leatherback turtle's mouth and you're mentioning the teeth and stuff it's like never even heard the leatherback, of the leatherback turtle uh, i'm gonna I'll show big? it on here so you can see it they're gorgeous hmm. fascinating all right next would you rather always have to sing instead of speaking or dance everywhere you went I'm all about the singing. I, I like this. I might just incorporate that, <laughs> especially since I can't sing. It'd make it more, it'd make it funnier. I think. Yeah. Well, you should have sang your answer. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take singing too. I guess. Yeah. I like I dance. Have the knees for dancing. So. <laughs> do this I don't know. Maybe I <laughs> right think of all the interesting ways you could enter a room <laughs> i think if we split it if sophia just danced and i sang we, oh. that, that'd be pretty good yeah okay. sign me up i'm inviting uh, myself maybe, to your house we'll, to no, watch this, like this maybe we'll, so. <laughs> it's maybe perfect we'll it's like nosferatu or something <laughs> maybe at the festival we'll prep that. to do that the whole time <laughs> oh fun. oh don't i'm so don't tease me <laughs> with my beaver teeth my, my singing voice was beautiful <laughs> gonna be amazing all right my third and final would you rather would you rather communicate only through pig latin or charades hmm. oh, <laughs> i like the idea of charades but i think this is going to be very difficult yeah it could take longer 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But how fluent are you in the Pig Latin? Not so annoying. But I guess <laughs> it would have to be. You just you would get good at it. Yeah. That's true. Ooh yay! Do they have a Pig Latin Rosetta Stone? I could uh, I could study it. <laughs> I don't know. It's horrible. It would be tough. Yeah. Versus my magical questions. First one again. These are all for everyone. What would your weapon of choice be in the zombie apocalypse? Mm. We're getting dark here. I think a flamethrower would be fun. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, since I have it handy here, I'm going to go with the pizza cutter. <laughs> <laughs> I sense a theme. I sense a theme. I know, I know. Neil and I are going to have yeah. pizza. You're going to eat cooked zombie, barbecued zombie. <laughs> there we go, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough because you gotta you got like are we going for you know you have to shoot the zombie in the brain in the head or knock their head off to, to I think win? you have to go for the brain the yeah. Romero zombie apocalypse yeah Romero set that, Romero, that? Yeah. Okay, right. yeah you know it depends on the kind of zombies I'd have to yeah this can be hard with the pizza cutter yeah, yeah. but the flamethrower I mean if you melt the brain does that count yeah. okay maybe. I feel like I feel like a nail gun is classic all right next one what villain would make the best therapist. <laughs> Hannibal Lecter, I guess. <laughs> hey. <laughs> He's got the credentials. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to eat you. <laughs> Maybe Michael Myers. He's quiet. I feel like he'd be a good listener. Yeah, yeah he wouldn't really. I don't think he has feedback. much advice either. Yeah, no advice. He's a lot of experience no being institutionalized, though, yeah, so he'd he could probably parlay that. He'd yeah. be like, just kill your, he'd just say, kill, go kill your sister and the babysitter, you'll be fine. <laughs> or here, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, let me do it for you. Um, if animals could talk, which animal would be the most evil? Chihuahuas. Oh, yes. <laughs> we, have, we have two choices. For context, we have two chihuahuas. And that's definitely the answer. Yeah. That's definitely the answer. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that they would have a mean streak. So we've come to the part of our uh, episode where we get to ask the supernatural questions here, where we'd like to find out true supernatural experiences that you've all had or how you would react if you were to have one, if you haven't had one. So I'll ask all of you to briefly share a true life supernatural experience. No, I grew up in like a house that like a farmhouse in like the 1700s. So it was very creepy and it still creeps me out a little bit. But yeah, growing up, I definitely thought I saw things all the time and like had conversations with ghosts all the time. Like, but it would always feel like I'd wake up and see somebody in the room and just start chatting with them. <laughs> and then like, and then like realize it wasn't who I thought it was or it wasn't somebody I knew. And then they would like disappear. Yeah. So like that kind of stuff happened to me a lot growing up. And like everybody in my family has like weird stories about that house uh but nowhere else really one time i was attacked by fake bees in my grandmother's house because they moved into my grandmother's house after she died fake and, bees uh, the bees didn't exist well, i didn't know ghost, until ghost i ran away ghost, from ghost them. bees that's the next movie we're making yeah we're making ghost, ghost bees sci-fi it's a sci-fi channel original <laughs> you I mean, knew me then i told yeah. you about that why yeah. should ghosts i mean this is the thing in in, in like most stories ghosts are just like they're, pe- always they're humans, people right yeah why why shouldn't there be ghost bees angry ghost bees that attack yeah. me in the night i agree i think yeah. if it applies to one living thing it should apply to all yeah. So, yeah. Ghost Bees, that's our next film with neil <laughs> i you know call me i'm i'm in on that that sounds good to me <laughs> I make them zombies and call make them zombies and call them zombies. 
zombies. I think that might have been when you were asking about the most. I didn't have an answer for the most evil. I wouldn't say bees, oh. but maybe wasps. I think if they wasps, go, they're pretty evil wasps. I don't believe in ghosts, but if I saw a ghost, this is this is the thing that that uh, I'm. I feel like because I have this this sort of feeling about them. Uh, I, if I saw something, I would really be inspired to like want to just run over and like grab it or film it and like try to Scooby Doo its it, you know, head off or something just to yeah. really you know to to capture the experience. But um, but no, I haven't had any any kind of experience. I don't have any ghost experiences either. But uh, my grandmother always used to talk about them. And um, my grand my family is originally from Pennsylvania, and she lived in a really old house. I guess kind of like uh, Sophie was talking about. We used to go and visit my great grandparents there, but my grandmother said, talked about growing up there, and she said that they actually even had to, um, they like uh boarded up one of the rooms because they would see ghosts in it. I did use a Ouija board, um, with my oh. friend Annabelle and a cemetery down here in, in Sagamore. We used it a few times, using so Salem to nothing happened. How, how did that but work? Out? I don't happened? believe in any of this stuff, but. Just for fun, I was like, okay, we'll do this. It was uh, it was eight degrees, it was freezing, and we actually sat, which you probably shouldn't do, on like an act. It's not a tombstone, but I don't know what you call them when they're like flat on the ground. You should probably bad, on bad choices. I call it, but we sat on <laughs> it and we used the Ouija board. Bad choices. And so, um, I don't believe in any of this stuff, but it started to move. And we started to get answers to stuff, and they were all very mundane, which made me think, well, maybe there's something to this. It was like they were school teachers, like really lame stuff. And uh, but what was really interesting is when we were starting to ask, like, are you here? Like, like, are you under, you know, is this your tombstone? Blah blah. It just started to move around. I was like, well, where are you here? And it just would move around and not really land on anything. And so afterwards, I knew that this cemetery is considered haunt, haunted. It's been on um, sci-fi channel and stuff, this Sagamore mm. Cemetery. So I looked up why. And the reason is when they built the Cape Cod Canal, it flooded the cemetery. And then all the and when they put it put the tombstones, there some of them are over the wrong corpses. So then I started to think, again, this could just be me overthinking. When I started to ask if you're here or where are you, it just started to roam around the thing. Maybe it didn't even know where he is. This uh, this guy. So it made me. You're gonna bring home a demon. Kind of weird. Be lost. Yeah. Yeah. Annabelle won't won't keep the Ouija board at her place because she says like Mm -mm. it's bad. It's bad news and stuff. Yeah. You got the plan shut there as a conduit from the cemetery, the graveyard. Yeah, I have a I have a tarot deck around here. Again, she said I bought it like at a flea market. And I guess you're not supposed to like buy a used tarot deck, but whatever. Is that is that the rule? Is that what they say? That, I I don't know. That's what she says. But. Not in the market. But <laughs> That's what she says. I mean, it's I think it's important to know these things before I yeah, stumble I guess they into can have like bad shit. or bad juju in them or whatever. Mojo. Yeah. Well, sage your space. I think you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it's a little white rage. Right. You gotta. I like yeah. the theory that Bigfoot is just blurry, and that's why. He's blurry. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that photo was actually tack sharp. It was. Yeah. It was. That's just how Bigfoot is. I used mm-hmm. to think a mouse ate the toot strudel that was down here, but maybe it was the ghost <laughs> that was in the Ouija board. He got yes. hungry and he ate the toot strudel. Well, thank you all for being here on this episode of the Terror Express, and I do wish you all a, a great evening and. 
again, I appreciate all of you and all of your time so much. Thank you all very much. Thanks so much for having us. We had a a very fun time and we appreciate uh, you taking the time to talk to us. So. Oh, yeah. Ditto. It was Anytime. a great honor. Great honor. Great honor for all of you.